today is undoubtedly the biggest day in Canadian soccer history. So we knew we had to go live in, in some capacity to share in the moment with all of you. I can't promise it will all be cohesive or rational, but it should be a lot of fun on this. Uh, a brief special edition of Waking the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks. As always, I'm Mitchell Tierney. And the man to my left is Michael Singh. Michael, I mean, oh, God. There's, there's not much to say after today. I mean, an incredible moment. I have to keep repeating it to myself uh, just to get my head around it. But Canada are Olympic champions in women's soccer. Yeah. I hope my uh, my internet holds up for this because I think I just, out of excitement, just got too pumped up and perhaps knocked it out. But hopefully you guys can hear me all right at least. Um, holy, Mitch. Holy. I need to take a quick shower before this one just to get like the tears out of my eyes because it's just such a substantial moment for the game in this country. Undoubtedly, as you said, the biggest moment in Canadian soccer, men or women in this country. And this is going to be felt for generations because of what the women set out for and what they accomplished today. How are you feeling, Mitch? I mean, absolutely. Like, you know, it's it's hard to even think about, like, how big this is just because, you know, you want to focus on the moment right now. And then, you know, I'll think about tomorrow and all the impacts of this when, when that comes. But right now it's, it's just special, obviously. I mean, for, for so many reasons, I think the biggest one for, for a lot of us is just seeing Christine Sinclair, you know, the queen of football, finally get her crown. It's such a special moment for, for all of us. And, and I mean, well, let's, let's talk a bit about how they got there because this was one of the wilder games that <laughs> I've seen in a long time. Like just a crazy final with so many ups and downs. Uh, first half, I think it's fair to say Sweden were were far and away the most dominant team. And there, there was a uh, going into halftime. I mean, there wasn't really a road back into this game for Canada. It didn't seem like. Yeah, I mean, they had no answer for for Sweden continuously switching play. I thought Sweden did well to attack uh, Alicia Chapman's flank. And, you know, sometimes they had numbers there on, on that side and they kept on continuously whipping in crosses. And, you know, Sweden's a tall team. They're a team that's good in the air. And ironically enough, it was it was a low cross that really, you know, kind of caught Vanessa Gio off guard. I think she was expecting something in the air, something to for, you know, the Swedish striker to attack. But, you know, threw him off guard. And as you said, first half went to Sweden. Uh, you know, Canada had a decent spell of play, I think, between maybe the, the 20th minute and like the 30th minute mm-hmm. where, you know, they were connecting well. It looked like everyone was in sync and then Sweden just took over. So to concede right before halftime, head into that break. Yeah. I wish I could be a fly on the locker room there, <laughs> Bev Priestman's locker, because I, I, I want to know what she said. She made some important changes out of that break. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Canada came back looking looking kind of a different side. And the heart on this team, Mitch, heading into that second half, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I want to, like you said, I want to double back and, and give Bev Priestman plenty of credit because, wow, was she brave with those halftime substitutions, pulling off, you know, who was it? Quinn, who, Janine you know, Becky. they've been such an instrumental player throughout this tournament. And Janine Becky, who we know what she's brought to to Canada for, for so many years in terms of veteran presence there and, you know, going with Deanne Rose and, and Julia Grosso who are younger and, uh, you know, less experienced players, but 
in she the actually moment, went with I mean, Adriana Leon. Oh, Adriana Leon, sorry, and then brought Deanne mm-hmm. Rose, which is later. even bolder because right. Leon hasn't really got like a crazy amount of playing mm-hmm. time during this tournament. Yeah. So yeah, keep going, Mitch. Well, the, I guess that the, those are the two players I'd like to focus on in the second half is is Grosso, who gave Canada a little more attacking impetus in the middle there, which was so critical. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously get to uh, her biggest contribution a little bit later as we take this chronologically. But and then Deanne Rose, who I thought had a magnificent game. I mean, she she was the player who constantly was getting in behind the Swedish back line, causing them all kinds of issues. That you know that was a, a tremendous performance from from the youngster. And again. She shows up in medal games. We we saw her score against Brazil in in that bronze medal game, and then a huge performance in the gold medal game. Uh, incredible from from Rose. Well, I gotta even give her some more kudos because she was the one who won the penalty against the Americans. Mm-hmm. Was Dan Rose, and like yeah. you said, like great substitution by Bev Friesman. I put in the slack shack literally like two minutes before she was taken off. I'm like, guys, the Shell Prince is is looking like a little tire out there. It looks like the you know mm-hmm. the weather's getting to her a bit. And two minutes later, Deanne Rose comes on, and she makes a difference right away, Mitch. She connects yeah. down that left-hand side with Alicia Chapman, who the entire match has, was honestly struggling to connect down that left-hand side. And mm-hmm. I think Deanne Rose made a nifty turn on the wing, set up Chapman for that cross. It gets cut back to the middle. And how fitting is it, Mitch, that the person on the end of that ball was none other than Christine Sinclair. Mm-hmm. And as you tweeted out, VAR, man, <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think there was no obviously the American one. There was a little more doubt. Maybe this one to me was pretty clear. I mean, she comes through her completely. Even if she does get a touch on the ball at that point, like you can't come through an attacker like that. We we've seen that time and time again. So I mean, it's still nervy moments because you're never sure what the referee is going to do. But again, the second, and once again, like I know Jesse Fleming had just scored a big penalty. I thought Sinclair was going to take it just because, you know, it's such a big moment. It's a gold medal game. But once again, Sinclair putting the team above herself and letting Jesse Fleming take it. And I mean, Jesse Fleming is just money from, from PKs. Ice in her veins. That's just, you know, literally the whole game. She's willing to take a touch within, you know, I don't know, the tightest area of space. I wish we had Jeff on here to give me a better analogy than that. But <laughs> Jesse Fleming is, is so composed on the ball. And I put out a tweet there. And I honestly, she's making a very strong case for this. She could be the best player on this Canadian women's national team. She's making a very strong case for that. You know, we've always given kudos to Ashley Lawrence. Obviously, Kadisha Buchanan deserves some love as well. Um, but the torch is being passed and there's some, some good candidates there to really step up and, and take hold of, of what um, really is a, a legacy that's going to be unparalleled in Christine Sinclair's. Um, but in saying that, you know, I mentioned three names there that are per- relatively young mm-hmm. and that's really a testament to this, this Canadian national teams program is that, it's no longer just a one-person show, Mitch. You've mm-hmm. got three, four, five, six, seven different names you can really throw into that mix that are going to be the ones that carry this next generation forward. And yeah. I think that we saw that throughout this tournament. We had so many different people making an impact. I'm going to backtrack here a little bit, but you know, we, we think back to, to the opening game where it was 
Christine Sinclair getting the getting the scoring started for Canada, and then you have two goals from Janine Becky, and what a performance you know she put in. And I don't want to forget her, so I will absolutely give her some love. It's Stephanie Labbe. Yeah. Holy cow! What like oh, from beginning would, yeah. to end? We're definitely right? gonna get for Labbe. Yeah, I'm for sure. Yeah. Um, but from beginning to end, you know, she started off the tournament getting injured, and battled back. You know won her place back in net mm-hmm. and to do what she did today like of course we're going to give her some more love um Michelle Prince you know again very good moving forward she she offered Canada something they really didn't have and that was some pace in in behind some constant pressure Vanessa Gilles I mean come yeah. on <laughs> come on what a, what a story that is is you know we talked about it a little bit of last episode but cracking into the side replacing Shalina Zadorsky and Vanessa Shield is just so important throughout the course of this tournament um but man I can go on and on going through the whole list of names here because everyone deserves some credit it was really a team effort man absolutely and that you know that is such a nice part about this is is that it was such a team effort but I did want to pick up a little bit on Jesse Fleming because I think it is a good point of how far she's come as a player because you know, obviously she broke through with this team at such a young age and, and everyone was was touting her as the next big thing. And then I think she kind of stagnated a little bit through her college career and and through just the way the national team was was kind of in upheaval between coaches and stuff. I didn't, you know, Even there was Chelsea. a couple of years. Pardon? Even Chelsea. Like yeah. she wasn't getting playing time, right? But with that being said, like, I do think the move to Chelsea was super instrumental because I know she wasn't getting playing time, but she was in this winning environment where obviously they went out and won the the FAWSL this year. And I think that in itself being pushed with, you know, some of the best players in the world and, and getting that opportunity has really had her take a step forward. And, and obviously, you know, in Canada's biggest moments at this tournament, it was Jesse Fleming who delivered. And I mean, to start the penalty kicks as well. Labe, uh, the post is hit on the first one, then Fleming converts the second one, and then, I mean, quite frankly, all hell broke loose after that. That was one of the most nerve-wracking and insane penalty shootouts I've ever seen because Sweden seemed to have it for so long, and every every time you thought it was going to be a goal or a save, uh, the opposite would happen. Right? It was, like I said, like you said, one of the most bizarre shootouts I've seen. There were so many times where I'm like, oh, man, this is over for Canada. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they made a good run. We're here. They, It's going to be disappointing, but, you know, well-deserved. And then Sweden skies that penalty. Mm-hmm. Fifth and last penalty. That had, like, yeah. I'm a Manchester United fan. That had, like, John Terry, Champions League final. I think it was 2007 where he slipped kind of vibes. And almost a miracle for Canada there where she, you know, she skied that penalty and then the composure again from Dan Rose to go top corner, top shelf yeah. on the fifth and final penalty moment. from yeah. that moment on. I'm like, okay, like that one in the back of the net, there's a real chance here. And then obviously the massive, another, another massive save from Stephanie Labbe. Mm-hmm which set up the moment, Mitch. And of course, who else but 20-year-old Julia Grosso stepping up to the spot. And what went through your mind, man? I I don't know if anything went through my <laughs> mind. It was just pure, like, 
pure, I don't know, like shock and relief that they actually, because again, like you said, th there was multiple moments in that penalty shootout where I thought it was over for Canada because even when the, something good happened for them, um, like a post was hit or or Labe made a save, like Labe made that save and Leon misses the next penalty and you're like, oh, we're just back at square one here. So I, I at that point, I just couldn't believe it. I still can't really <laughs> that it went that way, but yeah, I mean, obviously, we saw how many incredibly, you know, uh, on both teams, how many incredibly um, experienced and, and well-versed top players stepped up to penalties and, and weren't able to hold their composure. So for a 20-year-old in a game like this, and even if you want to harken back to to England, obviously, and, and you know, the young guys and, and their struggles in that penalty shootout, being a, being a young player and to be able to keep your composure from the spot like that is incredible and and yeah I, th I think it says so much about julia grosso and the future she has with this team and obviously you know again the the present she has with the, this team to deliver a moment like that that's it's really her coming out party man because mm -hmm. you know she is you know within this the canada soccer circle you know about julia grosso you know that you know she is part of the next generation coming up but she mm -hmm. now put herself right in the front of front of the, the the bus for canadian yeah. soccer fans or just canadians in general watching this because there were millions millions mm -hmm. of canadians watching this and julia grasso is the one to step up she's gonna have some iconic photos some great photos oh, for her yeah. instagram you know <laughs> the rest of her life yeah. she has a she has a couple shots there that are just gonna like frame that get that set up because I'm gonna I'm gonna frame it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, like I said, I tweeted this out. This is a moment I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life because mm -hmm. it's just that special, you know? We we saw a couple times Canada coming ever so close to getting over that hump. And the fact they not only got over that hump, got pat got past the US in the semifinals, but managed to again as an underdog defeat uh, Sweden who really got the better of us by a long shot three mm -hmm. nil earlier in this tournament for yeah. them to do that uh, after defeating Brazil after defeating the Americans like come on it doesn't really get more special than that Mitch yeah absolutely and uh, we talked about iconic moments from from this tournament we have on the past in the podcast, obviously the, the Jesse Fleming knee slide will be one that will live long in our memory, but Christine Sinclair just yelling into the empty stadium, Julia Grosso will be one of those great moments that I think we'll remember forever. Um, you know, absolutely insane. And another thing I think I will never forget is the, the stare downs that Steph Labe was giving those Swedish players before all of those penalties. I mean, you 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 look at goalkeepers' faces going into PKs, and and sometimes they look different. There was no doubt ever in her mind that like you're going to have to beat me, and you're probably not going to. And I mean, that had to be so unbelievably intimidating as a Swedish player stepping up because you one you knew that she'd already made several penalty saves in this competition, and second, like yeah, she just looked unbeatable. And you know, she did mention before the tournament. That this would likely be her her last Olympic Games for Canada, and man, what a way to go out to go out on top! And as you said, like her intimidation there—that's some like 
CONCACAF stuff, man. We, we see that all the time when you're in CONCACAF, yeah. just, you know, playing mind games with, with your opponents. That's some, some veteran presence there. And, you know, I got to say, like, heading into the shootout, yes, she did have some success, success um, leading up to this, this final, because obviously against Brazil, she was fantastic. But I was a little nervous because Labe is not the biggest goalkeeper. You know, she doesn't cover a lot of net. So, like, when it comes to a shootout, you, you want someone who's longer who can get down to the corners. But, man, she read it well. She made the save she needed to make. And, of course, she got some good fortune, which is all just a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. And, man, she deserves as much kudos as anyone on this Canadian women's national team for really carrying them forward and, and being such an important presence there at the back. Yeah, and so sometimes, obviously, even from that close, it's not just about you know, making the save. It's about putting off the striker that little bit that their, you know, shot calibration is just off. They're not thinking straight or they just over kick it or under kick it. And with the post and the miss, like, again, you have to give Labe plenty of credit for that because obviously she got into the the heads of the Swedish shooters. Yeah. And Mitch, Danny here saying in the chat, this is the most important year in Canada soccer sports history. With World Cup qualifiers still coming up, the momentum of this year will solidify Canada as a soccer nation moving forward. What are your thoughts on that, man? I, I mean, I think we're very clearly a soccer nation now. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that we are now the first country to ever win gold medals in both men's and women's soccer. Obviously, we won men's soccer when they were playing with like a pig bladder, and so that one's not, not maybe as impactful. But with that being said, um, yeah, I think today proves that Canada is a soccer nation. But obviously, yes, this is a big year for for building on that as well on the on the men's side of the program, the opportunity that they now have to to follow this up and, and get themselves to to the biggest stage. Um, I think obviously, uh, are you laughing at Labe at CFC? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think uh, I think obviously, like you know, again, it, it falls into two categories. Obviously, you want to you want to see this um, this built on and and to continue to see the program move forward. But at the same time, like you just have to celebrate moments like this. Like there's there's really not much bigger heights that Canada soccer can get to than an Olympic gold medal. So you gotta you've gotta just enjoy this moment. And yeah, we're we're sitting here, we're we're trying to take this all in, but. Man, I don't think this is something that's really going to sink in for at least a couple of days, if not weeks, if not years. We mm-hmm. talk about the effect that, you know, the, the 2012 push to the to bronze medal had eventually giving Canada the 2015 Women's World Cup at home. And one story in particular that stood out was Julia Grasso. In 2012, she was 11 years old sitting at home in BC watching Christine Sinclair and Canada obviously win that bronze medal. Uh, Diana Matheson showed out. Now, nine years later, that same 11-year-old girl <laughs> steps up to the spot for the Canadian women's national team to win an Olympic gold medal. Yeah. Arash Madani tweeted this out. There are thousands and thousands of little girls now out there that just watched Julia Grasso do that 
and are going to think I can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And this effect, like I said, is going to be felt for generations, and the magnitude of this moment cannot be overstated. Mm -hmm. What a what a historic historic time for Canadian soccer, and even just thinking about it gives me goosebumps and. I just can't wait to see where it goes from here. And speaking of where it goes from here, as Masood there is writing in the chat, when is it time for Canada to get a women's professional team or even a women's professional league? Mm -hmm. Is it not way too late? I mean, I, I'm expecting yeah. to see one. I'm expecting to see one soon, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, the best time to do this would have been like yesterday, essentially at this point, like, there is no easier or better time now off the back of this gold medal to, to you know, augment the game in this country on so many different levels. And, and probably the most important one is building a domestic structure. Like the fact that Canada was able to win this gold medal without a domestic league or even a domestic team at the highest level is unbelievable. That like they're at such a disadvantage in, in the women's game now with that being the fact. So if they can add that infrastructure to to this program already and, and what we've seen them do, then, I mean, it's it's going to be a game changer. And Canada's not only going to be, you know, again, they're at the top right now, but they're, they're going to consistently be at the top if they can do that. Absolutely ridiculous that they're literally Olympic champions and there's no real infrastructure. You know, no, no offense to the, the, the League One uh, Women's League, but literally at the top of the world on top of the world and Canada doesn't even have its own domestic league. Mm -hmm. uh, again, what a feat by this Canadians. Now imagine if they had that as well, just how much better the program would be in this country. Mitch, just maybe one or two more things before we, we kind of wrap up here. Player of the tournament for you. Who is it? Oh. oh man, that's that's difficult. Just because I mean, like like we've said, it was such a team performance from Canada. Like there's there's so many individual performances that you'd love to um, you'd love to shout out. But I mean, now that the political side <laughs> part is aside, I'm just gonna say Steph Love. Like I, I mean, I think I, I think she delivered when Canada needed it most, and and obviously Canada. Again, didn't provide much offense during this tournament. They needed some really big key saves. And I thought, I mean, yeah, this was a one of the great goaltending performances from from a Canadian. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with that. That, that Labe is definitely deserving of a shout there. Um, you know, like you said, there's so many candidates that can go into that, that mix. I'll even throw, you know, potentially even Vanessa Gilles' name in there as a potential, you know, candidate. Could she be canon solid as ever? Um, mm -hmm. Ashley Lawrence deserves some love. You know, she's playing out of position. You can put her right flank. You can put her left flank. This girl can, can flat out ball wherever you put her. And, you know, it wasn't her ideal position, but she still managed to make a difference. But I, I, I said my show, you know, probably at the beginning of the show, Jesse Fleming, for me, was probably the, the standout performer throughout the course of this tournament. Um, not only... You know, with the penalties, cool, calm, collected. But her play in the midfield just to keep possession under tight areas, just to add some composure into the Canadian side. I thought, you know, her decision making was was excellent. There weren't too many misplaced passes from her. Her touch on point as ever. And 
what's really impressive is is her engine, man. Mm-hmm. This, I think she played. I'm not. I might be wrong about this, but I think she played every minute of this Olympic tournament. And you know for a fact that despite the amount of running that she's doing up and down the field and in the center of the park, which obviously you need the most from, there was never a second where Bev Priestman, you know, was thinking about taking her off because she is that important to this team. And I thought she so showed so much heart throughout this tournament and so much quality. So for me, I think it was Jesse Fleming. Yeah, I think that's absolutely a a fair shout as well. And yeah, I mean, obviously on the fitness aspect, like we saw what this Tokyo heat and, and the intensity of these games did to a lot of players and, and how many, how much rotation all the squads had to do. So that, that in itself is, is you know, uh, when, when we're talking about great athletic accomplishments at the Olympics, like the ability to, to stay on the pitch and do what she did for that long is, is certainly one of them on its own, not to mention, you know, what she was doing, when she was on the pitch um, to, to secure Canada this gold medal. But I think if, if you're good with it, we'll, we'll wrap up there. I don't know if there's much more I can add other than just head shakes and, and um, yeah, just being well, in awe of what we saw Canada accomplish here. One thing I want to I add, Mitch, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Moments after Canada won the gold medal, I opened a Slack chat. Oh, are waking the red slack chat. <laughs> and just to put in perspective what this moment means, <laughs> Mitchell Tierney, tarp off, shirt off, waving <laughs> in the air, sending a photo of himself celebrating. Iconic. You know, we, we saw some great photos. I think, you know, one that stood out to me was with Julia Grasso running back to the, to her, to the, you know, Canadian team, the Canadian women's mm-hmm. national team, obviously storming uh, Julia Grasso. That was also iconic. Christine Sinclair laying down on the ground uh, with her, her hand over her face, also iconic. But I got to say, man, the most iconic photo might just be Mitchell Tierney shirt off, waving it in the air in celebration. Like this is, this is a moment I think we're going to, you know, take the rest of the day to celebrate. I can't even tell you guys what this this moment means to us, especially as, you know, people who have covered the game in this country. I'm happy that the rest of Canada can join us along for this ride because it's super special and monumental for for the game in this country, men or women. These guys are going to be remembered for generations. Christine Sinclair 38 years old she finally finally has her olympic gold medal i don't think you know i don't think i can say a stronger statement than that simply because everyone knows what christine sinclair means to not only this women's national team not only to to the soccer in general but just as an athlete to this country yeah and I, I'm I don't know if this is her last uh, you know, go around with, with Canada, but if it is, just yeah. simply thank you. Thank just you, absolutely. The goat. The goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just so many incredible, it, you know, if it is the end for Sinclair, just so many incredible memories and, and moments that, that she delivered and, and really allowed this country to to believe. And they've talked about this a lot, the 
I think I can versus I know I can. Christine Sinclair showed this country that, you know, we we now know that we can compete with the best in the world and, and deliver big moments on the biggest stage. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just so happy that, you know, she, because I, I, I felt like I always knew she was going to lead us there, whether it was her legacy or her being a player, but I'm so happy that as a player, she was the one who, you know, she got to have that moment. That That's just so incredible. Like I, I get to, every time I think about it, I get goosebumps. I get teary eyed because yeah, it's, it's storybook. It's beyond storybook because mm-hmm. we've we've seen her for like twenty years, literally fight for this Canadian women's national team. We've seen her have broken noses for this Canadian women's national team. We've seen her literally put the team on her back for generations, and now playing in perhaps what is will be her last Olympic games. She finally gets over that that hill and captures Olympic gold. I don't think words can justify what that moment means for mm-hmm. for someone like Christine Sinclair, man. I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy today. Absolutely. I think, yeah, this happiness is going to obviously carry over for a while, but um, I think I think we'll wrap things up there. What, what an incredible day for Canadian soccer. Um, on behalf of, of Michael and myself, thank you so much for, for tuning in to this special edition of Waking the Red Weekly. And I have to say it one more time because, again, it's 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 still not through my head. Canada, Olympic women's football champions. Let's go. Gold, baby. Gold. <laughs>